Thank you so much for being with here, with us here tonight to worship with us. I'd like to welcome Pastor Muta. He's here with his wife, Christine, from our sister church, Relevant Church in Niles, Michigan. Let's give him a big hand as he comes up. What's up, Res Life Church? How are you guys doing tonight? Thank you, worship team. That was incredible, incredible. Can I have you in Niles? Amen. Praise God. Pastor Dwayne, I heard you're a generous man. You can send your worship team. Amen. Thank you guys so much uh, for the opportunity to be here. I want to just give a big shout out and give some honor to the pastors of this house, Pastor Dwayne and Pastor Jeannie. Thank you for everything you guys are doing. You guys are inspiration in ministry. You guys have incredible, incredible pastors. You guys have some of the most just generous, loving, attentive, godly pastors. Every time I've met Pastor Dwayne, Pastor Jeannie, they've asked me about my family. I remember when I first time I met them, he remembered my kids' names. He remembered my wife's name. He's just amazing. And so thank you. Can we give him one more way of honor tonight? And, um, you know, I got my family here with me, my wife, my, my sons. I, I have to take a moment because, you know, being a pastor's kid, even on your birthday, you get pulled to the next ministry event. So today is actually my oldest son's birthday, Isaiah. So can we just give a round of applause for Isaiah, who turned 15 today, wherever you're at in this room. I love you, son. Thank you. We ministered this morning at, uh, at Life Church with Pastor Tim. Thank you for that opportunity. And so Isaiah, I told him, son, listen, just ride with me today. I got you, bro. I got you. And so I've got a few minutes that I've been given to share something with you. But I say, you know, I'm so glad Pastor Dwayne said, you know, take 30, 40 minutes. I'm like, yeah, because I'm, I'm going to need it. I'm a black preacher. I just keep going. So... You know, we're going to be here for the next three hours, but um, just a joke, just a joke. Hey, let's pray before we get into this word. God, thank you so much for bringing us here and gathering us today. Thank you for your faithfulness, your kindness. Speak to us in only a way that you can. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Guys, you know, it's, it's so easy to reflect on the past. I don't know about you, but 2020 has been making me wish things were like it used to be. If I have to wear a mask one more time, Jesus. Like, it's so easy to look back about how things were before, and we get into these sentiments. It's like, man, I just want to go back to the way things used to be. Things were so much better back in the day. You know, uh, spouses get married and they've been married for a little while and they just say, man, I wish we can get back to the days when we first fell in love. I remember the way you used to look at me. I remember the way you used to dress. I remember the way you used to cook, the way you used to smile at me. It's so easy to look back, and I don't know about uh, you, if there's any students in here ever thinking about your, t talking to your parents, and they're just like, oh yeah, back in the day, man, I was great at ball. Man, back in the day, things were this way, and back in the day, I didn't have this dad bod the whole time. 
It's so easy to look back. Communities remember the heydays. I live in a smaller community, about 12,000 people. It's one of the historic cities in Michigan. Uh, We get to pastor, my wife and I, relevant church back there. And uh, being a historic city, they want to hold on to the past. Every time something new is being brought to the city, they're like, yeah, but that's not the way things used to be. I sit on different community boards and they're like, yeah, I understand we want to do all that, but I just want to go back to the way things used to be. I mean, even as a nation, we want to go back to the way things used to be. Come on, say it with me. Make America. Don't worry, this is not a political message. Everybody was like, is this a trick question? What's he going to say next? But it's so easy to look back because back in the day was a good day. Back in the day, I don't know about you, but when I was 15, 16 years old, I'm like, man, back in the day when I had no responsibilities, I could just do whatever I wanted to do. It's so easy to get caught up in back in the day. Parents, teachers always talking about back in the day. And you know what I've realized? That is a making of a midlife crisis. Thinking about back in the day, being so caught up back in the day. It's gotten so bad about back in the day. Now we've got quarter life crisis. I remember being in school and playing college soccer and it was amazing. I was really fit. And then with our first child, I gained 30 pounds. I was like, babe, what happened to me? I don't like this. So easy to go back to back in the day. But can I say, God doesn't want us to revisit the past. He wants us to be introduced to a new future. See, God is not only able to accomplish the impossible. God wants to accomplish a new possible in our lives. And in this text that we're going to jump into, We're going to see what God wants to do new in this community of faith, this community, this nation called Israel. And I think God has been doing new things all the time. I could just imagine the creation time. The angels are are there and they're looking on and they're hearing the Godhead speak about what they're about to create. And then they see God speak out and his word goes forth and the uh, earth comes out and all these sun, moons and stars and all these galaxies and all these animals. And he says, let's create man in our own image. And the angels are like, oh, my gosh, we've never seen anything like this before. This is incredible. You know, we got to give ourselves a break. Ladies. Yes, you may not look like you did. 20 years ago. Give yourself a break. Dads, we definitely can't embrace this dad bod, y'all. We need a new possible in our lives, for real. I know I need one. But no, in this text that we're about to jump into, God is teaching the children of Israel and say, listen, I've done incredible things in the past. I can do it again, but I want you to look forward to a new thing. And so I don't know about you, if, I don't know if you brought your Bible to church with you, if you got an electronic, see if it, you know, all the safe people brought their Bibles and their almost safe people brought the electronics. Now, if you didn't bring anything, God bless you. We're praying for you too. No, I'm playing. But in Isaiah chapter 43, I believe that there is a, a text that God wants to teach us something through. 
Uh, right now, the children of Israel are in Babylonian captivity. See, the children of Israel have had their heyday. Uh, they were once enslaved in Egypt for uh, decades and centuries and so long. And God leads them into a place what the Bible says flowing with milk and honey. It was a fertile ground and they had all these resources and they began to build their nation and build homes. And things were looking really good for Israel. Everything great was happening. They had everything that they ever needed. They were conquering nation after nation. They were gaining ground. They had God's favor. And then because of their sin, they ended up up back in captivity and so now they're back in Babylon and I could just imagine them thinking man I wish we can go back to the way things used to be wouldn't it be nice to get back into Jerusalem and worship in our temple wouldn't it be nice to get back to a place where we could just hang out and we didn't have anybody looking over our shoulders and telling us what to do wouldn't it be nice to go back to the way things used to be and in verse 15, we pick up the story. God has given a word to the prophet Isaiah, and he wants him to speak these words over the children of Israel who are now in Babylonian captivity, and they're wondering, man, are things going to go back to the way they were? Are we going to get back to a place where we receive God's favor and joy and, and the fun that we had in our own nation? In verse 15, it opens up like this. He says, I am the Lord, your holy one, the creator of Israel, your king. I love the way the text puts it. He says, I am the creator of Israel. I'm the one who authored you. I'm the one who brought you together. I'm the one who declared you into existence. God is always the one who shapes us. God is always the one who puts us together. He shaped us. He formed us. Scripture says he knew us before we were even in our mother's womb. Pastor Duane alluded to that from the prophet Jeremiah in the child dedication. I want you to know that God is intricately involved in your existence. None of us are here by chance. It's easy to say that when everything's going good, but then when things go rough in our lives, we're like, God, I don't even know how I got here. You know what? God saw it coming. God already made provision to get you through it. God already knew what situation you were going to be in. God knows your end from the beginning. And so God is like, hey, don't worry about it. I created you. I know what you were going to walk through. I am with you. Your existence is not a random act nor is the situation that you're in currently. God is at work in every aspect of your life. In verse 16 and 17, I love these words. It says, thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse and army, and warrior, they lie down, they cannot rise, they're extinguished, they're quenched like a wick. You know, God is the only one who's allowed to brag for real, for real. God is like, you remember what I did back there? <laughs> that was me. Remember 
when you guys were enslaved in Egypt and I got you out and then you were standing at the water and you didn't know what you were going to do and the oncoming army was coming up behind you and trying to take you out and I was like man just watch stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord look what I'm about to do and then the waters parted that was me Remember when you're like, oh, no, we're getting over the water. But guess what? The army is in the same place where we walked. And then the water came back and covered up all of the army and they couldn't get out of that. Guess what? That was me. Remember what I did there? How many of you guys remember a time where you were stuck between a rock and a hard place and you had no clue what you were going to do? Can somebody here testify one time where God was like, man, did you see what I just did for you? Well, you're like, I didn't know how I was going to get out of it, but God is like, that was me. It's a beautiful thing. Egypt was the world's superpower, and he ha- they had no chance when it came to God's deliverance. God always takes care of his people. And then it goes on in verse 18. I love this. He keeps going. He says, God always likes to set people up. So he's like, hey, remember what I did before? Remember me, a creator? Remember how I took you through all of that? That's all excited. And everybody's like, yes, oh my gosh, God can do it again. This is great. And then he says this, verse 18, remember not the former things. What? Wait, hold on, God, (laughs) hold on. You just rehearsed like everything that you did for us. So, I mean, like we're expecting you to do it again, right? He says, no. Remember not the former things. He says, nor consider the things of old. He's like, yeah, I did that over there before. I took you through the impossible, but I can do a new possible in your life. And he comes to them and he says, listen, remember what I did back then? You ain't seen nothing yet. And I wish there were two or three people who believe that God wants to do a new thing in your life and he is setting you up right now so that he can say, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. Some of us need to go to our spouses like, babe, I know it hasn't been all great for the last couple of months, last couple of years, but you ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, it's somebody who go to their parents who's lamenting because your life didn't go the way that they wanted it to go and say, mom and dad, you may not be proud of me now, but you ain't seen nothing yet. And I wonder if I have two or three people who will go look at yourself in the mirror tonight and be like, I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what was thrown your way. You ain't seen nothing yet. Because my God is able. See, God can do it again. But he doesn't want just that. He wants to give you new gains. Scripture, I like that. You're capturing that. Good. Text that to me when you're done with it so I can put it on my Instagram too. (laughs) Scripture says his mercies are new every morning. And as we look forward to a new possible in our life, I believe there's there's three lessons that God wants to teach us from this text. For all the notes takers that are history makers, point number one, if you want to follow along with me, a new possible starts with taking the limits off what you think God can do. A new possible starts with taking the limits off what you believe God can do. In verse 19, he says this, behold, I am doing a new thing. 
taking the limits off what we believe God can do. I remember, uh, you know, when we first started planting the church, uh, church planters, Pastor Dwayne and Jeannie, you can remember this back in the day. You know, when you first get started, Pastor Robert, shout out, you're in the front row. When you get started, Pastor Tim, when you first get started planting the church, things aren't always so easy. So my wife and I, we moved to a new city. We sell everything, and uh, we're just trying to downsize and trying to save a little bit of money. We end up having one car, and we got all these kids. And church planters, for some reason, always start popping out kids right while they're planting the church. I have no clue. God bless us. And so now we got all these kids, and we are down to one car. And I remember my buddy from Washington came out to preach for us, and he was telling us about how he was down in California working, him and his family were working for this construction company. Uh, and while he was there, he was down to one car, and him and his wife were real busy, and they're shuttling kids to school and shuttling kids to sports and all that type of stuff. And he started praying and saying, God, you know, man, I really need a new car, but I really don't have the resources for it. And so his his boss was like, uh, hey, man, I heard you guys have one car and, I, you know, I've got this Suburban that's just kind of sitting there. You guys need to use my Suburban. Listen, I'll, I'll give you my Suburban for you guys to use. And I'm sitting in the front row. Remember, I got one car, too. I'm like, God, where's my Suburban? <laughs> if you can do it for him, you can do it for me, too. But, you know, my wife and I started saving a little money and putting some money to the side a little bit and saying, hey, you know what? Some resources are going to be built up and we're going to save up and we're going to get a car. And then one day, one of our team members gives me a call and I'm sitting in my office and he's like, Pastor, I got a question for you. I said, yeah, what's up? He says, um, do you guys just have that one car that I keep seeing you guys with? I said, yeah, you know, right now we have one car. We're saving money trying to get uh, another car. He was like, well, listen, I was at the beach today. And while I was at the beach, I heard a voice audibly tell me, give pastor your car. I said, bro, you sure? You didn't have like Taco Bell? He says, no, see, here's the thing. I just bought a new car and I was thinking about selling this car so I can uh, save up some money for a down payment for a house and all this type of stuff. And, and, And while I was there, I just really felt compelled. God said, give pastor a new car. And it's crazy that we believe that God could give us the money, but we didn't know that God could give us just a free car. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. See, and and a lot of times we hear stories like this. Oh, yeah, it was by chance. You know, it was random. Listen, some of us miss what God is doing because he's at work. And we wonder, like, man, I don't know why I can't get any more because we don't see him in the little things. We don't acknowledge him in the little things. See, God is not limited to the last miracle. Remember, a year ago, knowing that the place that we were meeting in as a church, we have, a, uh, you know, the church plant in, in Niles, we've been meeting for about four years. We've been, you know, uh, using uh, rented facilities, and it's been good, and it's been great, but we just knew that God wanted to do something. So I get a phone call from, again, one of our team members. He's looking for a wedding venue for a reception, and he's like, hey, pastor, I think I found a place for us to move into, and I really want you to come and check it out. And I'm like, all right, cool. Let me come and check it out. And I was like, what is it? He was like, oh, it's called the Michigan." the party hall and I was like no 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 
Let me tell you why. 20 years ago, 20, 23, 24 years ago, that place was a place of debauchery for me. I used to party in there. I used to do all types of drugs in there. And I was just like, I don't think God wants me in that place. I placed out so many bad memories. He says, Pastor, why don't you just come and check it out? And I walked into that place and, I, and God really spoke to me as soon as I walked in. He says, are you ready for a new possible? This used to be a place of death. Do you believe that I can make it a place of life? Oh, the story don't, it's going to get gooder. Don't worry. You, you can clap. I'm going to give you a clap moment in just a second. And so over the year, we start praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and then saying, okay, God, if, we, if you're going to give this building to us, let us know. So we go March 8th. We're excited. We have service. We've got the lease. I tell the church, we've got this lease. I've already had some preliminary meetings with some leadership and we signed the lease on, on, on March 10th. And then on March 12th, the shutdown hits. We got a building, but it's a big warehouse with nothing in it, and the city won't even let us meet in there, and we can't meet because it's COVID anyway, and so we're sitting there wondering, like, okay, God, how are you going to get us in this building? Maybe I made the wrong decision. Maybe I need to take, uh, give this building back and, and tell the guy, like, hey, thanks, but no thanks. My bad. <laughs> Try to tell the building owner that. And we start praying and we start believing. We're like, God is going to do an amazing, miraculous thing. And over this summer, we believe that God was saying, listen, continue to go forward with this building. I know uh, that you've been believing for a new possible and believe that you can do a new possible. And in less than 60 days, we were able to raise over and abundantly all that we could ask, think, or imagine. So we break ground in just a couple of weeks on our new building. God is so faithful. God is not limited to the last miracle. Can I tell you something? Don't let the winds of your past cap the new possible God can create for your future. So easy to look back in the past and say, man, I remember when I wish things were like this. If you're following along, the first lesson was a new possible starts with us taking the limits off what you think God can do. The second lesson that we can learn is a new possible can only happen if you're looking for it. A new possible can only happen if you're looking for it. Uh, around Relevant Church, we ask this question, how is God at work in and around you? Every meeting, every leadership event, Every coaching conversation one-on-one, -on -one, we begin and ask, how is God at work in and around you? How is God at work in and around you? Because I've come to the understanding, I've come to the belief, is that if you are not looking for God, if you're not trained to look for God, you'll miss him when he shows up. If you're not posturing yourself to look for God in the big things, in the little things, you will miss him when he finally shows up. It says this in verse 19, behold, I'm doing a new thing. And then he goes on and says, now it springs forth. Don't you perceive it? And this is the time where me and God always have words. Can you think about it? The children of Israel are under Babylonian captivity. The new superpower has now had them hemmed up in their region. And then God comes to them and said, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Don't you perceive it? 
No, I am still stuck. It's so hard to think about a new possible when you're still in your situation. It's hard to believe that God is doing something new when your marriage is still on the rocks. It's hard to believe that there is a a new thing happening when you're still addicted. It's hard to believe when there's something, that there's something new happening when you're still financially under stress. He asked the question, don't you perceive it? Don't you perceive it? Well, of course not, God. I'm still stuck. We're in Babylon. Maybe if we start moving towards like the edge of the city, maybe I'll be like, hey, hey, I see the city gates. But oftentimes, God will ask you a question, not because he wants an answer for you, because he wants to change your disposition. Sometimes God wants to uh, ask you something, not for you to respond, but so that you can become attentive. Sometimes I ask my kids rhetorical questions because I want them to think about it. And then they start answering, and I'm like, no, shush. I was going to say another word, but we're in church, so I can't say that word. I don't want anybody to judge me. See, this is the thing about God. God will never bring you to something that he didn't plan on getting you through. So he says, can you see it open up? Hey, can I tell you, <laughs> my wife and I, Uh, Before we started dating, I met her in 1999, freshman year of college. I'm standing in the chapel, uh, right outside the chapel. I'm on the stairs. She's standing by the chapel doors. Yes, I found my wife in church. I wasn't going to church. I was trying to go find somebody at church, but my wife was going into church, and I saw this pretty young chocolate drop right there by the doors. I'm like, who is this Hershey's Kiss standing there? And I heard... That my wife, at the time, Christine John, had a boyfriend. And so I found out who her boyfriend was, and I went right to his dorm room because he was on the second floor. He was on the third floor. I was on the second floor. I plopped right on his bed and said, bro, enjoy it while it lasts because I'm going to marry your girlfriend. But I promise him this. Listen, true story. I promise him this. I will never try to talk to her while you guys are together. But the day y'all break up, boy, you better watch out. So true story, four years later, we're sitting at another chapel event. I'm sitting in the lobby. I see her wearing a black top, purple capri pants, black uh, heels, and I'm like, mm, Lord Jesus. And my boy next to me is like, yo, Christine is single. I'm like, are you serious? And I'm like, listen, um, man, I've been wanting to talk to you. He's like, dude, you've been wanting to talk to her for all these years. This is your time. This is your shot. And I mean, she looks so good. And then I look like this and I'm like, I don't have a chance in the world. (laughs) And so I was like, bro, I think, uh, I think I'll just wait. And then my buddy's like, well, forget it. I'll talk to her. I said, the devil is a lie. And I got up to her. (laughs) 
I walked up to her and I said, Christine, remember this, I'm still on the point, a new, possible, a new possible can only happen if you're looking for it. I walked up and said, Christine, I've been watching you for the last four years in the most non-stalkerish way. <laughs> yes, I showed up randomly at events you were at and you wondered how I knew you were there. Don't ask. A new possible is only <laughs> available if you're looking for it. But I said, hey, listen, you go out with me one time, I promise you, you'll marry me. And we are celebrating. We've already celebrated 15 years. Come on, somebody. (laughs) See, here's the deal. You've got to look for the path if you want to see it open up. He says, listen, uh, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Don't you perceive it? And with everything that's gone on in the United States over the last year, pandemics, protests, politics, I wonder if there's two or three people who are seeing, saying, hearing God say, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Don't you perceive it? Now it springs forth. Listen, this is the year of 2020. I wonder if maybe God allowed all this thing to happen because says, I don't want people to complain and be frustrated and be angry at each other, but I need people to get on their knees and start asking for 2020 vision and saying, God, will you open our eyes because I know you are in the midst of all of this mess and you are about to bring about a new thing all around us. Lesson number three, I'm going to hurry up and wrap it up. A new possible is guaranteed because God doesn't repeat himself. A new possible is guaranteed because God doesn't repeat himself. It goes on. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? He says, listen, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. He says, listen, I'm going to bring about things that don't exist in and make them come to life. He says, I'm going to make rivers in the desert, in your dry land. I'm going to bring refreshing in your dry and thirsty lands. I'm going to bring about water. I'm about to bring about a water that never runs dry if you believe that I am doing a new thing. See, we live in a constant cycle of trying to recreate old memories when God wants to give us a fresh experience. In our marriage, we're sitting there saying, man, I remember when you used to do this for me. Well, I remember when you used to look like this. I remember when life was easier. I remember when I had the great career. I remember before the layoffs and the pandemic. I remember weren't, there weren't riots and protests taking place. I remember, and we want to rehearse and recycle old times, and we're like getting stuck in this cycle of recreating old memories. I've got a staff member. <laughs> he was like a star baseball athlete in high school. And then he went off to college. And it was awesome. Star baseball athlete until his career got cut short after an injury in college. 
That was like almost 10 years ago. And this brother is always playing on every team, on every baseball league. He's watching baseball all day. I watch, I walk in on him in his office and he's looking at Twitter baseball highlights. I said, bro, you're done. Baseball is over, bro. And you can see it because he's still wearing his old college jersey uh, to work all the time. And he's like trying to relive all these memories that he once had. And I wonder how many of us are still trying to rehearse all the old memories that we had, all the wins that we had, all the times that we had. And we're like, listen, God says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Don't you perceive it? Maybe we're not seeing the new thing because we're still stuck in the old. Maybe we're not seeing the new thing because our eyes are still looking backward. What do they say? There's a reason why the windshield is a lot larger than the rearview mirror. We've got to keep looking forward. God wants to give us fresh experiences. Listen, don't expect God to do the same thing he did before. Don't expect God to do the same thing that he did for the person down the street. Don't expect God to do the same thing that he did for your best friend. God wants to give us fresh experiences. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. You can start playing a little bit. This is the time, you know, it's good to set the mood. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Isaiah 42, 9 says, Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. I got to ask you, are you ready for a new possible in your life today? God wants to give you a new possible in your life. A new possible in your marriage. A new possible in your parenting. For some of us, we're in a desperate need for a new possible in our faith. Remember the time when we first came to faith in Jesus, how awesome it was. How on fire you were. And over time, the routine has gotten old. And you show up to church just trying to grasp and trying to get something and you're just like, man, God, can I just get back to the place where I used to be? Can I just get back to the place where I first fell in love with you? Can I get back to the place where I first found Jesus? And God is telling you, listen, I want to do a new thing. I want to give you a new faith. I want to give you a new hope. I want to give you a new affection. I want to give you a fresh anointing. Because here's the deal. Your wins of the past are inadequate to contribute to the gains of your future. I wonder if somebody will believe today, internalize in their heart that 
you're not stuck. You're just in a moment to experience a new wave of God's grace in your life. You're positioned in the right moment to see Jesus do a new thing. But can I tell you a new possible is only available when we're fully submitted and committed to the person and purpose of Jesus Christ. The miracle worker, the resurrection and the life, the perfecter of our faith, and the one who makes all things new. Bow your heads with me. God, tonight, I believe that your word has spoken. I believe that there's been somebody in this room who's been stuck in the past, who's been stuck in the old. And Lord, today you want to give them release so that they can take the limits off of you so that they can take the chains off of your abilities. God, today I'm asking that you would give them a fresh vision for their life, a fresh vision for their marriage, a fresh vision for their career, a fresh vision for their children, a fresh vision for their parents, a fresh vision for their education, but most of all, a fresh vision for their faith. If you're in here tonight and God has struck a chord in your heart through this message and you're saying, God, I've been putting the limits on you. I've been wanting you to do it again so much that I can't let you do a new thing in my life. I've been rehearsing the victories of the old and refusing to allow the fresh rain, the fresh anointing to rain down in my life. If you're in this room, wherever you're at, I just want you to repeat this prayer with me. Father God, today I take the limits off. I believe in a new possible for my life I receive it today in the name of Jesus. And now listen, there may be a a person in this room right now who uh, you've not given your heart to Jesus or maybe you walked away from Jesus for whatever reason, God brought you here this morning and he wants to have an encounter with you this this evening. And he's telling you today, I want you to come home. I want to start a new relationship with you. And maybe you've never had a relationship and God says, I want to introduce you to a new relationship with Jesus. One that's going to open up the boundless mercies that he wants to provide in your life right now. If you're in this room, I just want you to pray this prayer as well. Dear Jesus, forgive me. I surrender to you. I've tried to do life on my own. Today, I hand it over to you. Make me new, renew me, restore me, and Lord, keep my eyes fixed on you. 
I believe in you. I believe in a new possible for my life. It is in your name. And the whole church said, amen and amen.